You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Where you go, Auburn fans, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis here on the E2C Network. Sadly, this episode will be breaking down an Auburn Tigers loss in the SEC Big 12 Challenge against the Baylor Bears, the number two Baylor Bears. The Tigers fall by the score of 84 to 72 in Waco, Texas. Their overall record now is at 10 and 8, still with an SEC record locked in at 4 and 5 since this was a non-conference game. So we're going to break down all the action and the storylines and stuff from this game and maybe take a look around at what else is going on in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. To do that, I brought in my friend and my co-host, Mr. Gray Oldenburg. Gray, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great. It's uh, always good to see the SEC and Big 12, you know, wrestle it up a little bit. Uh, I feel like we are almost kind of sister conferences in terms of both mainly being in the South, that that type of region and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it makes a lot of sense to see this happen every year. And I look forward to the challenge every single year, uh, despite even though I don't like it in the middle of conference play. We did, we talked a little bit about that last episode, and but you seem to really enjoy this challenge as well. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think it's a good change of pace and i think it's really good for march uh march madness bracket seating yeah and we always seem to match up really well across the conference you know like there's not uh, too many games where it's just a clear favorite here and that was the case this year uh with even the auburn baylor matchup i mean you look at that on paper you see number two baylor you see auburn who's not ranked but has you know shown some really significance in certain games this year and i think there are a lot of national people that thought auburn had an opportunity to do something here and early in the game they did seem like they were ready to play for the most part but you know number two number two baylor is is pretty stout so you know before we get into the all that kind of stuff, the, the meat and potatoes of the game. What did you think overall of number two Baylor? They're really good. They're really old too. Bruce made a comment in his press conference said that they are older than the Chicago Bulls. And yes, statistically <laughs> they are. Their average age is older than the age of the Chicago Bulls. And it really showed out tonight. Yeah, it's amazing sometimes, you know, senior leadership or upperclassmen leadership, wherever they fall into that category. Uh, can do amazing things. And when you combine that with talent as well, it sets you up to be a very successful program that year. Uh, So Baylor is in a very good position. And uh, I I saw few things, if any, to be concerned for them going on the rest of the season. They've pretty much handled the rest of their conference play. So, you know, this is not a case where Auburn ran into an overly hyped and overranked buzzsaw. They ran into a buzzsaw and were able to kind of fend it off for a while there, but things just kind of, you know, some ugly things reared their head for Auburn that have plagued them over the last couple of uh, 
um, games in this season where they've struggled on a few things. But uh, just a general note here, we still have no Justin Powell and no information uh, what's going on with him, so we don't really have anything to update there. For those of you that weren't able to watch or listen to this game, here's how, basically how the game broke down. In the first half, there were lots of ebbs and flows with lots of lead changes, very small lead changes, with Baylor eventually getting a 30, a very small lead, a 30-35 to 35 lead going into halftime. Auburn looked in prime position to make this a game for the rest of the time. However... The Baylor Bears took advantage of that home court and just came out swinging to an early double-digit lead and did not let go of it the entirety of the second half. Auburn really just never could fight back, and they finally end with a score of 72-84 to in Baylor's favor, and they stay undefeated. So my question I want to open up with you about this is we have now seen number one Gonzaga and number two Baylor, and that has not changed in terms of their rankings this season. They have both remained undefeated. Who do you think on paper is better? I think, I think, I think Baylor is better. And I think, I think Bruce said it best in his press conference. Bruce said, Bruce gave this Baylor team a very high compliment saying this is probably the best team he's ever had to coach against ever in his coaching career, which is a very high compliment. But he said that yes, Gonzaga is a very good team and they are one of the top two teams in the country. But when you find Gonzaga on a bad shooting night, you know, you can, you can probably beat them. Baylor, even if they're shooting bad, like they were in the first half tonight, their defense is just spectacular. They play great on-ball defense. They're well-coached. They're experienced. They know what they're doing. I'm going to go with Baylor. Yeah, I am leaning that way as well. And when you kind of started to think about it, because what we're talking about this from, the frame of reference is when Auburn played each of these teams. And you're talking about two different Auburn teams. You're talking about – Auburn, who was without Sharif Cooper, who was in a bit of a struggle trying to figure things out. Justin Powell was just emerging at the time when they played Gonzaga, and they really couldn't stay on the floor with Gonzaga at all. However, they go to Baylor and are able to compete for one half at least and not make it look embarrassing the rest of the game, just some frustrating things here or there. But yet you would think that this is a better Auburn team. So, it's kind of like one of those things you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt when you're trying to compare Auburn versus Gonzaga, Auburn versus Baylor. But I, I got to say, I was so impressed with the Baylor team. And this is me on record right here. I doubt my brothers will listen to this. If you listen to the last episode, you know that they have connections to Baylor. Uh, you guys won and I will not uh, hold that over your head. It was a fair game and, and Baylor is very, very good as a program so far this year. So I agree with you. I think personally Baylor is the best team in the nation as of this moment. Here's the other storyline. And we talked a lot about it in the preview of this Davion Mitchell. It was great to see him again. And he, you know, he was good when he was here with Auburn, but he seems to have gotten just miles better in his time here at Baylor. What'd you think of his play? It was great. It was great. We got him in foul trouble early. Sharif did a great job of attacking him. And along with our other guards did a great job of attacking him, uh, but he's really good. He's improved. Just like you said, miles and miles from what he was when he was backing up Jared Harper on the planes. He's really turned into quite the point guard, quite the point guard. Yeah, and he's just uh, – it's interesting to see his story, his uh, trajectory, and what might have been had he remained at Auburn. And, you know, I do a lot of these live streams on YouTube where we just kind of get together with the rest of a lot of Auburn family and just talk about some of these things. And we had this discussion about, you know, could you just imagine – what would have happened if he had stayed. But, you know, we don't know if he would have gotten the opportunities to get better, to to rise to his 
potential having to stay behind a Jared Harper or even, you know, a Javon McCormick. You know, I know Javon frustrated a lot of people last year, but he still was a pretty decent point guard. Uh, and I think we would probably give anything to still have him so that we could have a little depth at point guard this year. Uh, let's be honest. He's not going to start over Sharif Cooper from what we've seen, but I, I would miles away be trading for Javon McCormick at this point to have a, a little bit of depth there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, so good to see him again. And like you said, it was great that we got him in some foul trouble early to kind of get him off because he was ready to play. And there doesn't, there doesn't seem to be a lot of blood, bad blood there at all. It just seems like it's my old team. It's my old, my old coach. I just kind of want to do good in front of them. Uh, so it doesn't seem to be any of that uh, going on right there. Tale of two different halves. Auburn is competitive in the first, not so much in the second. What did Baylor do in the very from the opening tip of the second half that just let them kind of gut punch Auburn? Two very simple things. Number one, they came out in the second half. They started making their shots that, you know, they were getting those good looks in the first half. They just weren't falling. But Baylor came out and started making shots in the second half. I think it kind of shocked Auburn quickly how fast they were able to just go right to that that style of play. Mm-hmm. And they got offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds in the second half. We Auburn was up, I think, by ten or eleven rebounds in the at the at halftime, and just getting multiple offensive boards down on the offensive end. And Baylor came out and said, "Nope, that's not going to happen in the second half." And they came back and. And we ended up being deadlocked at 43 at the at the rebound battle at the end of the game. That just shows you what the, what kind of tail of two halves we had in the rebounding battle. Yeah, and there's a lot of times, we'll get to the stats in just a second here, where you can look at some of these stats and break down several areas where there could have been improvement. There's one particular thing that I think here is far and away the difference, and that is the bench points. Uh, you, you just look at it, and it's clear in a way that, obviously, Auburn is deep in terms of talent. So is Baylor. The difference is, especially with that, you know, age that they have and that experience that they have, their depth produces more points. And that when that happens, you are a deadly team because that means when there's a player that comes in the sixth, the seventh, the eighth man, there's not a drop off. And that's that's just debilitating sometimes for a team to come up against when you trade out a guy for even just a minute or two there's not a drop off because you just can't catch a break. Who else stood out to you on Baylor's team tonight as one of the more impressive ones? Uh, that vital kid. He is special. He is a big dude. He's a big dude. And he's challenging all of our guards and bigs at the rim. He, he only had two points and two rebounds, but his defense was spectacular. Yeah. They have a lot of, of guys that you could probably point to on this. I'm going to not try to butcher uh, to Chamwa's game. I just probably butchered it right there, his name again. Uh, he did not have the most impressive stat-wise game, but he's just a specimen in and of itself. And, you know, there's there's players up and down this this board here on Baylor and very in- interested to see how they'll do the rest of the season. So enough about Baylor. We've complimented them enough. You know, I know this is frustrating for Auburn fans, but there were some things that w- did happen well. Who did you get more impressed by from Auburn during this game? Probably Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams, he... You know, he was our leading scorer, 17 points, but, you know, he had eight rebounds. Um, I was really impressed with his passing today. I would not be I would not be against letting him play point guard instead of Alan Flanagan when Sharif has to come out. Now, this is two episodes in a row you have advocated for a big man playing point guard. I know, look, no one loves seeing Simeon Bowers come down with the ball more than me in the last half of his his season that he spent with us but i just don't know that i can't i, I can deal with that that's just stressful watching a big I, he, he you're right 
he's he does a a adequate job of bringing the ball down but i cannot take that stress <laughs> gray <laughs> please don't wish that on us we're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement one of the things that we take great pride here at the e2c network are our listeners are really our e2c network family Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest, every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on, who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn. Utilize our podcast, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. Uh, we we do have to find a better solution though uh, to to back up Sharif until Justin Power gets gets there or somebody else figures out that they want that role uh, because that's really what happens here. I mean, you see Sharif go out and the offense just can't figure out what it wants to do minus you know a, a few things here and there. Uh, JT Thor to me stood out in some big ways tonight, get, uh, blocking Absolutely. a couple of shots, uh, getting some you know some good shots off as well. We need to go uh, to him in the post more. I think we need to go to him in general more. <laughs> in general, I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, uh, he he's just an a, an absolute weapon, and the more opportunities he gets to touch the ball offensively, uh, I think that's going to result in a few more points. Because he's as he starts making a few more, that's going to draw some more attention away from some yeah. of these guys that like a Sharif Cooper who tends to get double teamed at least for some points in the game because they don't want to let him get going and facilitate other players. So we got to have some of these other guys step up and JT Thor is one of them. Jalen Williams is something I can do good. And, you know, you expressed, you know, obviously we always want to be kind to our players here, but uh, a little bit of frustration with Alan Flanagan tonight. What do you think he was struggling with? I think defensively he was struggling. I, I just don't think he looked like he knew where he was tonight. You know, he went three of 14. You missed a few layups, shot some shot some threes that I don't think should have been shot. You know, I, I don't think he played horrible. I just think, you know, because he had eight rebounds, he had six assists. Uh, I, I, just, I just don't think he's in his natural position right now. Yeah, and I think it's finally starting to uh, wear down on him a little bit yeah. that he's being asked to do some things that he's not used to doing. And, and in, by necessity, there's no one else that has stepped up to the plate that can handle yeah. uh, that type of role uh, when Sharif Cooper has to come out for at least a breather every once in a while. So you, you we're frustrated with what happened tonight with him, but we're also understanding yes. uh, of what he is having to deal with at this point. And it just kind of goes to show you the need to figure out a – a future solution at point guard should Sharif come back and what's going to happen next season, but also the rest of the season. Uh, we'd love to have yeah. some, uh, can I, can I just ask the athletic department? We, we'd love to, we're just concerned for Justin Powell at this point. Is he okay? <laughs> just yeah. Give me something. Like, I just, I just want to know the kid's okay. Um, yeah. uh, but we'll see if anything else comes out in the next coming weeks or anything like that. 
Walking down some of the stats here, we've already talked about a few of them, but point spread here. Shreve Cooper with 15, JT Thor 13, Alan Flanagan 11. Jalen Williams 17 is our leading scorer, as you said. Uh, Devin Cambridge, though, 10 points off the bench. He continues to show that um, obviously being a selfless player and giving up his starting spot so that Sharif Cooper can, one of the few players that offered that up. But um, he had just continues to flourish in this role and had some spectacular dunks and shots tonight. I, I was really impressed with him. Me too. Me too. Got to make those threes, though. You get two, two straight open threes on offensive rebound. We, we need that from him. They would have been they would have been absolutely clutch moments too, where there were some runs happening that really could have been stopped at that because the crowds that's starting to get into it. And speaking of which, did they not limit crowd because it it sounded really really, pretty pretty loud in there. Yeah. And I'm just gonna have to say a little shout out here to brothers again. Uh, They one of them works for the university. I'm gonna have to question what's going on over there. Uh, You know, I mean, y'all sneaking a few people in more than the the minimum are supposed to be allowed. Uh, I don't know what's going on. So. I don't know, uh, but let's walk through some other stats here, some team things. As we said, there's a lot of comparable stats across the board here. A few uh, areas where Baylor does break away one of those is three-point percentage, 37 to 24, uh, but very comparable in field goal percentage, free throws as well. Auburn actually gets the upper hand here. I was shocked at how poor um, Baylor was at free throws. I thought a team as seasoned as them, that this would be an area with no problems, but they gave opportunities for Auburn to get back with the amount of free throws that they were missing. Yeah. And there's that big one we talked about, bench points. 16 to 38 bench points. Auburn gets doubled up in terms of that. Who is That's the, the guy? Bulls right there. Exactly. So who is the guy that has to step up on the bench at this point, Gray, to start making that not be such a deficit? I think Devin Cambridge is doing that. I think Devin Cambridge is has to be in that role of you have to score 10 plus 12 plus 14 plus for us to not have such a drop off in the starting lineup. But I think you got to see guys like Chris Moore and Dylan Cardwell, you know, that get those opportunities and are such energy players start putting, start putting the ball in the basket more. Energy translated into points. We love what they bring to the floor when they're out there. Cause it is nice to have those guys kind of, when it comes in the energy still there, but the that's we're at the point where production has to start happening alongside that energy or else this is going to happen against teams that are on paper better than you. Uh, the good thing that I take away from this though, gray is that Auburn came in here and was ready for them from the start. And it wasn't a blowout from the, you know, from the get go of this Auburn had a lead a couple times. And I think that kind of shocked the Baylor bears and their fans for a second and said, Oh, this Sharif Cooper kid is pretty good. I mean, did you see that pass that he had early on where he spun and yeah. just dished it to Dylan? I mean, how beautiful was that? I mean, I don't understand that, how that you great. do that. It was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah, it, it just uh, it continues to amaze with his skills, even though he doesn't have you know an outstanding scoring night tonight. I mean, 15 points is still pretty good, but it's not Sharif Cooper numbers. Uh, but there are things that you can take away from this to be encouraged by. You did just play the number two team in the land, arguably maybe the best team in the land, on their home court and kind of had some respect for them for most of the game. So we'll put that one away. Uh, the rest of the SEC Big 12 Challenge right now, is I, th- I think if we did our math right, Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, if Tennessee gets the win um, against Kansas, we should win the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Is that correct? If Tennessee beats Kansas, which they're up 14 right now, and if Mississippi State beats Iowa State, 
then yes. So I'm confident that that Mississippi State, Iowa State thing is going to happen because yes, I did not realize too. how bad Iowa State was this year when I made that pick on our YouTube live stream. Uh, it was probably <laughs> my worst pick of the entire year. Uh, so I was just going off the name Iowa State and what I had seen previously from Mississippi mm-hmm. State. But uh, SEC seems in pretty good position to take the challenge this year, even without the Kentucky-Texas uh, game um, happening, which probably would have went in the favor of texas the way the kentucky wildcats have been playing so we'll see how that shakes out and uh it regardless it's been a competitive uh season for the sec big 12 challenges here always great to see that every single season but let's uh move on to the next game we've got this is another second game with a opponent we've had this season already the georgia bulldogs come to auburn arena and this was Auburn's first SEC win, I believe. Uh, this is kind of what got them off of that slump that they were in starting conference play. Went in there and beat Georgia pretty handily. Uh, so this game is going to be on the SEC Network Tuesday, the 2nd of February. You can watch it at 6 p.m. Central Time. Georgia is 9-6 and six currently, 2-6 and six in the SEC. Um, they are... Think starting to play right now with Mississippi if they're not already underway already. Uh, they but their last game they did lose to South Carolina in Columbia, fifty nine to eighty three. So, great. I'm I'm kind of in a dangerous position here. I look at that and see what we did to South Carolina, and I see what South Carolina did to them. I am mm-hmm. not too worried about this Georgia game. So I need you to give me a reason to be worried about them. I think the only reason that I can come up with to be worried about this Georgia team is Mr. KD Johnson, their true freshman that was just eligible right about when Sharif Cooper was eligible. He was, he was really good against Auburn when we went over there a few weeks ago. Um, You know, but this Georgia team, I'm not really impressed. They don't, they don't have a signature win. Um, So, you know, it's kind of hard to persuade over towards like, pro Georgia and like I can't do that I can't do that anyway yeah you know I can't do that at all well Um, here's the thing that I'd like that you brought up is that they they have their little phenom that came out about that time of Sharif Cooper and I completely forgot about that so obviously you need to respect that and realize that he he is probably going to get his points and probably going to have a a pretty decent game for them so if you shut him down uh, you're probably going to put Georgia in a position where some players have to do some things that uh, especially on the road they're not ready to do because they are in the bottom of the sec at this point and let me just point this out and how hilarious is that you just said that um georgia beat kentucky for the first time i think ever and ever in quite some time and you you're not calling that a signature win what does that say about kentucky Gray? that says kentucky is uh five and ten and that does not count as a signature win Y'all, if 2020 wasn't weird enough for you, I, I raise you 2021, where Kentucky is a 5-10 and 10 team at this point. Uh, but yeah, not a lot to be super afraid of of Georgia. But again, as we always say, don't take them lightly. You do have the advantage of being at home. Uh, this is a chance for Auburn to rebound against uh, a team where they just you know, were probably pushed to their limits against number two. Uh, Baylor, so I think it couldn't come at a better time being at home against an opponent that you probably should win. A couple players for us to watch overall: Shavir Wheeler, sophomore guard, scoring 13.5 per games currently before their game that they're in right now, and Tamani Kamaro, the sophomore forward, uh, 6.8 rebounds per game. So that is the Georgia Auburn preview. Uh, what's your confidence level that Auburn wins this one? Um, right now, it's probably like a 90. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm actually shocked you didn't give me a 99%. So the fact that you, you're, you're warranting that 10% shows me you're being realistic. Yes, yeah, I'm trying to have orange and blue glad, but it's really hard when it's the Georgia Bulldogs on the other side. Look, we don't get that often, Georgia fans, if you're somehow listening to this, to dog on you. <laughs> Look what I did there, dog on him. Dog on you <laughs> all that much. But when we get the opportunity, we're going to take it. Absolutely. Well, that's all we have for you here on this edition of Inside the Jungle. And until we talk to you again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?